0: Good morning everyone good morning. and also good morning to those who are watching online if you're watching online write something in the comments so that we know who is with us one to let everyone know next thursday night there will be no thursday night worship here in the sanctuary uh at 6 p.m though on thursday there's going to be the cappella choir uh at six o'clock from gadsden state it's going to be great right jt it's going to be great um next sunday there is one combined service at 11 o'clock so the time that you're here now is when you're going to come next week. If you sometimes go back and forth on what service you're going to go to, don't go to celebration service next week because no one will be here. Traditional only at 11 for our Christmas cantata. Next Sunday night at 5 p.m., this is my favorite announcement, A Child of Love, the Christmas, uh, children's Christmas musical will be taking place here in the sanctuary. And it's going to be great. And afterwards, Catherine, I hear there, there is a happy birthday Jesus party happening. It's going to be awesome. Uh, You'll also notice our angel tree is back up. Um, There are instructions over there with the angel tree, so you want to make sure you follow those. But you will be ripping off the list on the bottom that tells you what to buy. Leave the angel itself on the tree with your name on the back of it so we know who took that angel. um, That would be great. And uh, lastly, I want to let you know Christmas Eve, we're going to have two options uh, for services for you. One at 4 o'clock and one at 6 o'clock. And in between those two services, there will be a live nativity outside. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I would like to call up our Advent readers for today.
1: Good morning. he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. And that was Malachi 3, 1 through 4. For many of us, the call to head home is one of joy and hope. We can't wait to reconnect with family, with history and tradition, with a wonderful time of freedom and loving support. We can't wait to go home. There are these who fear going home, however, and there are times when going home brings back memories that are not so good not so healing. We are reminded of when we didn't fit in, when we didn't measure up, when we weren't loved like we needed to be loved. Home can be difficult for some. The prophet Malachi tells us that even when we are in the hottest of fires, there is a presence who can make us better, who can refine and purify. John the Baptist tells us that the road home is always under construction, mountains leveled, and valleys lifted in to make smooth the path that leads us to our true destination, where we can live in peace and unity with all. We light these candles, the candle of hope and the candle of peace as a sign of our assurance that, that though the road is hard, we believe it is worth the journey. It is time to go home.
0: Sunday of Advent, I invite you to stand together as we sing hymn number 234, O come all ye faithful. Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead.
2: Morning, please be seated, and I'd like to invite Miss Catherine and all of our children to come over to the Christmas tree. You're going to get to hang an ornament.
3: everybody see this beautiful Christmas tree? This Christmas tree is called a chris tree. Do y'all remember us talking about it last week? A chris tree. Take a look at the ornaments. Do those ornaments look special? Do they have anything in common with each other? What do they look like? What makes them the same? Yes. They're all golden and stuff. There's pearls and gold. They're all the same color, they're all different shapes. What kinds of things do you see up there? Stars. Stars, crosses. And we hear stars and crosses and crowns in our Christmas story. Our Christmas story about the baby Jesus, right? I see, yeah, Um, an anchor is what that looks like to me. Luke, show what you have in your hand. What does Luke have in his hand? An angel. An angel, show, Carter. It's an angel. Do we have an angel in our Christmas story when we hear about Jesus? Who came and visited Mary and told her, do not be afraid? I bring you good news. Who was it? It was an angel. Luke, you want to go put our Christmas ornament on the tree? The angel Gabriel came and spoke to Mary and said, do not be afraid. So our Christmas tree is special because it holds elements and pictures and features from our Christmas story about the birth of Jesus, which is why we believe. Thank you, Luke. As we're walking out, I want you to take a look at some of the ornaments as we walk around the tree and make our way out, okay?
2: Thank you, Catherine. I love our Chris Mon tree, and uh, I love our children. It's great to see those children up there, isn't it? Yeah, we love, uh, we love supporting our children and we also love supporting the babies in our community. Two times a year, there's a group of people in our church that, that make baby quilts. And I don't know if you can see up here on the altar, there are a bunch of baby quilts that are up here. They're beautiful. Uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of quilts. I could, I, could, I could stand a quilt right now to tell you the truth. I, I, I love quilts. Um, these baby quilts are made for a united way program called success by six and the whole idea is is to go uh, for mothers who are having a baby maybe for the first time and economically uh, underprivileged mothers that maybe don't have a quilt that got passed down to them from their grandma and and so now they have a quilt they can wrap their baby up in the baby can crawl around and play and they know that somebody at Gaston First United Methodist Church loves them. And these quilts, we're going to pray over right now. So will you join me as we as we bow and pray over these quilts? God, we thank you for the hands that worked lovingly to prepare these beautiful quilts. It's more than just cloth and thread. It's a symbol that someone cares enough to to. Be a part of this baby's life. I pray for every family that's going to receive one of these quilts, for every young mom that's maybe confused and, and is worried about whether or not she can be a good mom, for every baby, Lord, to know as they're wrapped up in this that they're wrapped up in love and that we're a part of that. Thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And while I'm, I'm down here, I want to thank you for your support, for your offerings. We have uh, our offering plates out here. There are also generosity cards. We have—I I told you that today we would announce the number of generosity cards we have. Fifty-eight families that have responded to their generosity cards for 2022, and our goal is to have at least what we had last year. We had 72 for the year of 2020, and so we've got a little ways to go. But you know what? We've got a little bit of year left in here, and so we're going to—we're uh, going to trust that that you'll. Uh, respond and give to support the minist- ministries of this church because that's what it's all about. We, we uh, give because we love God and we give because we love our church. Let's pray. God, how thankful we are that you bless us so much and that you make us able to do things like make quilts and, and volunteer our time to help feed the hungry and and to to do all of the different ministries and mission that we have. How thankful we are, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that helps us to grow, that helps our heart to grow during times when we turn our hearts over to you. We're thankful for those who give their time and their talents, and we're also thankful for those who give their tithes and offerings. And we pray, Lord, your blessings on all of those that all might bring glory to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Music is such a big part of our our Christmas celebrations and I want to just echo what Pastor Andy said this coming Thursday night if you want to hear a wonderful a cappella choir come come here and listen to the Gadsden State Acapella choir at six o'clock this Thursday night and then next Sunday of course is our Christmas cantata that we all look forward to and if you have a neighbor or a friend that uh, that maybe is not connected to a church Christmas cantata is a good time to bring them and introduce them to people in our congregation and introduce them to uh, to this this church family And I hope that you will consider doing that. We are in a series that is kind of different this year. It's called The Heart That Grew Three Sizes. And it's about, um, it's kind of about Dr. Seuss's book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And the reason that I kind of wanted to go in a different direction this year is because um, Dr. Seuss's book, well, Dr. Seuss is, is Dr. Seuss, and wonderful, but Dr. Seuss's book kind of pushes back against the idea that everything is always perfect at Christmas for everybody, right? That, you know, everything's like those commercials you see on the TV where every, every, all the kids are getting along and nobody's fighting and and the dog's not barking and the turkey's not burning and everything. It But reality is, Sometimes everything seems wrong. That's what we talked about last week, that everything doesn't seem right. It seems wrong. And today we're talking about when Christmas just isn't Christmas, when Christmas isn't Christmas. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 8 will be our gospel lesson today. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 8. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, They told him in Bethlehem of Judea for so it has been written by the prophet and you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means the least in the rulers of Judah for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying go and search diligently for the child And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, I took you back to the year 1957, when Theodore Dr. Seuss Geisel just realized that something was wrong with Christmas, but more importantly, he realized something was wrong with him. And that was the inspiration for the writing of the book. And that was kind of, that's kind of how the grinchiness of the season uh, got started back in 1957. Today, I wanna take you back to 1945. Ah, okay. Now, that was a little bit before my time, but I want you to kind of just mentally take a trip back to 1945. It's July and it's a very, very, very hot summer in the city. And this was back in the day when people just didn't flip the air conditioner on. You just sweated and you, you were just hot. Have you ever been one of those things where it was just too hot to even think? You just, you couldn't even think, right? Well, Mel Torme and Bob Wells were trying to write music during a time when it was just too hot to think. And Bob Wells decided, if, if I can't be cool, maybe I can just kind of make myself cool with some cool winter thoughts. So he got a spiral notebook and he just jotted down some ideas. Not even really trying to write a song, just jotted down some cool Christmas winter thoughts. Thoughts like chestnuts roasting on an open fire and jack frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos. That's all he wrote down. He wasn't trying to write a song. And then Mel Torme came by and saw his notebook laying on top of the piano, and he grabbed the notebook and sat down at the piano and started plinking around. And no joke, 40 minutes later, the Christmas song was written. And the next year, Nat King Cole would record it, and the rest, as they say, is history. And if you don't hear Nat King Cole sing the Christmas song at least once, uh, between now and Christmas, you just, you just haven't gotten out much. You haven't turned the radio on. You haven't been shopping because it's probably already been played like a bajillion times. But I love it. I absolutely love it. And Bob Wells and Mel Torme wrote this song because they were trying to get their minds into the Christmas mindset. Let me ask you, have you ever had to work to get your mind into the Christmas mindset? That somehow it just wasn't getting there? Well, let's think about what they wrote down in the Christmas song. By the way, does anybody else love the Christmas song? I love the Christmas song, yes. Let's think about the components of the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an fire, Jack Frost nipping at our nose, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir, folks dressed up like Eskimos, Uh, Tiny tots, finding it hard to sleep because Santa's coming with lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh and reindeer, flying reindeer and all of that. Are you with me? Are you singing the song in your head yet? I am. I'm singing it in my head. Um, So it wouldn't be Christmas without hearing that song, but I want you to just kind of stop and think for a second. Are any of the elements in that song related to the real story of Christmas at all? The story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem, having a baby, wrapping him in in swaddling clothes and laying him in a manger and the wise men coming following the star? Does that have anything to do with something that is so iconic that they call it the Christmas song? Now, don't get me wrong. I love everything about those things mentioned in the Christmas song. I love it all. I'm a big, well, I take that back. I have never tried roasted chestnuts, roasted over an open fire. Has anybody here, nobody in the first service had tried roasted chestnuts? Uh, Grover has, thank you, thank you, Dr. Kitchens. Um, are they good, by the way? Oh, they're all good. Well, well see, that, that, that makes me feel so much better because I really think I would like them. I really think I would if I got to try them. All that other stuff, though, big fan. Big fan of all the other stuff. But if you took all of that stuff away, right? If somebody snuck into town and took all of that stuff away, we'd still have Christmas, wouldn't we? We'd still have Christmas. So I want you to think back to Christmas of 2020. Were there some things that were missing Christmas of 2020? Yeah, there were, because of the pandemic, we didn't get to do some things that, that we maybe wanted to do. We didn't get to go to parties, maybe Christmas parties we wanted to go to, maybe Christmas programs, different things were canceled or, or changed, right, changed. Probably for a lot of us, our Christmas family get-togethers were different last year. I know they were for us. Because not all of our family got together with Nana because my college-age kids were afraid that they were going to bring COVID into the, to Nana's house. So we, we abbreviated our Christmas get-together. And, and Tammy's mom and dad, we always have our big tradition is to, is to open our gifts and shake and guess what they are and open them, and it's, it's just a, a big thing. And last year, we did our Christmas present opening by Skype. I never really thought I'd be saying those words would be coming out of my mouth, but that's what we did. We sat in front of a computer screen and we were like opening, and shaking and guessing and opening our gifts, you know. It's better, it's better than nothing, but you know, it just wasn't the same. It was different. Some things were missing, but Christmas was still Christmas. You see what I mean? Sometimes I think we mistake all of the trappings of Christmas for the real thing i want to offer three prayers three simple prayers to you today carrying into the advent season because advent just isn't a time when we're just killing time waiting for christmas to get here advent is a time for us to to work at growing our hearts so that we are ready for the christ Okay, so here are my three prayers for the Advent season. Number one is I pray that we will not mistake the trappings of Christmas for the real things. I love all the trappings. I love all of the tinsel and the trees and all of that. But let's not mistake it for the real thing. See, the Grinch in the story, how the Grinch stole Christmas used. The trappings of Christmas against the who's. He got a red suit. He made himself his own red suit. He got a sleigh. He got his little dog, Max, to pull the sleigh. Always felt sorry for the little dog. He got his little dog to pull the sleigh. He came down into town. He went down the chimney. You know, he used all of the trappings of Christmas against the who's. But his actions, he was pretending to have good intentions, but his actions we motivated not by love and happy wishes for the holidays, but by hate. Because if you don't hear anything else, hear this. The Grinch hated Christmas and hated the who's. He wasn't just having a bad day. He didn't just get an awkward Christmas present or something like that. He hated Christmas and hated the who's. Maybe that's why his heart had shrunk two sizes. Well, that brings me to my second prayer for Advent. My second prayer is that we will not let hate and fear shrink our hearts. Because it will, if we let it. Now, we've talked about the Grinch the last couple of weeks, but... There is a, he's a fictional character, but there is a real character who's a villain that's in the Christmas story. And I read from Matthew chapter two about him today and that's Herod. Now, when I say Herod, we got to make sure that we're talking about the right Herod because there are different Herods. This is Herod the Great, the one mentioned in Matthew two, the only Herod that was given the title of king. Herod the Great was the, Elected by the Roman Senate to be king of the Jews in 40 B.C. Okay? But in order for him to take the throne, he had to get rid of Antigonus II, who was the ruler of Judah at that time. And so Herod and Mark Antony, does that sound familiar? Not the singer, but, you know, Cleopatra and all that. Mark Antony and Herod conquered Antigones II, and Herod had him executed, which was the way that Herod rolled. Any of his opposition, he destroyed them. So what you need to remember about Herod was not only was he power-hungry, he was paranoid. He was full of hate, full of fear. He was paranoid that somebody was going to come along and try to take away his power so he, he eliminated everybody that he saw as a threat, including his wife and three of his sons. He had them all killed because they could possibly threaten his power. Nobody was going to be allowed to steal his power and his position, listen to this again, his position as king of the Jews. And then one day he had one of his servants came in and said, Your majesty, we have some wise men from the east who would like an audience with you. And he was curious, so he said, show them in. And in came the wise men and listened to what they said. Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to pay him homage and King Herod's first thought was what what do you mean where's the king of the Jews I'm king of the Jews but he kept his cool he kept his cool but in verse 3 it said Herod was frightened why was he afraid he was afraid that if this child really was the king of the Jews if this really was the promised Messiah that everything would have to change. He didn't want that. He was afraid of that. He hated it. But then he had an idea. You know what? If these magi were seeking to try to find the king of the Jews, maybe he could find the king of the Jews and he could do that before anybody else did and he could kind of head it off at the pass, so to speak. So he called all of the scribes and all of the chief priests and said, look, you guys are learned. You have read all the scriptures. Where is the king of the Jews supposed to be born? And they said, In Bethlehem, in the city of David, David's hometown, where David was anointed king. That's where the Messiah is going to be born. And Herod said, Hmm, Bethlehem's just about five miles away. And then he had another idea. He could use the Magi to help him locate. This king of the Jews and then he would step in and eliminate the threat. So he called the magi back in and he said hey listen I want you to go diligently, go quick as you can and diligently search for this king of the Jews and when you have found him come back and tell me so that I too can go pay him homage. Can't you just see the grinchy smile on Herod's face? He doesn't mean that at all. And of course, the Magi are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and they went back by another road and when Herod learned that he'd been tricked, he became furious. And remember I said he was cruel and remember I said he was filled with hate and fear? Herod actually had all of the two-year-old children in and around Bethlehem To and under, he had them all slaughtered. And you might think, how in the world? Did you know that was a part of the Christmas story too, by the way? And you might think, how in the world could anybody do something so horrible? Here's the thing. When fear and when hate shrink a person's heart down, they can do almost anything. They can do the worst things imaginable. So back to my prayer, let's you and me, let's all of us not let fear and hate shrink our hearts down. Let's not let them shrink because of fear and hate. Because in case you haven't noticed, brothers and sisters, fear and hate have become the meat and potatoes of our society. Fear and hate have, have leached their way into every area of our lives, into, into politics and religion and sports and all the differences that we have from different countries and different races and all of that. But it, it's become the norm. Fear and hate. Romans 12. Chapter, chapter 12 verses 14 and 15 says these words and I think this is the key to not letting fear and hate shrink our hearts down. Uh, Romans 12, 14 and 15 says pursue peace with everyone and the holiness without which no one can see the Lord see to it and listen to this see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. The grace of God for everybody. See to it that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and through that many people be, uh, are defiled. See to it. Do the work. Allow God to do the work. Three things to, to do to make sure our hearts aren't, aren't shrunk by fear and hate. See to it that we pursue peace with everyone. We might not get there, but we're pursuing peace. We're pursuing. We lit the advent candle of peace today, right? So how do, we, how do we go about making sure our hearts aren't shrunk by fear and hate? We see to it then that when we see something springing up inside of us, when we see that seed of hate and fear springing up inside of us, that we pull it out by the root. And we don't let it come into full fruition and defile our lives, because it will. It will. We said in our Bible study last Wednesday that when hate seeps its way into our hearts, Everything we see is distorted like a funhouse mirror or a bad Snapchat filter. It distorts everything. It defiles everything and everyone around us. And then see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it that the grace that we want from God for ourselves is offered to everyone. That's the way to keep our heart from shrinking And my third and final prayer for this Advent season is this. In order to grow our hearts, we don't want them to just not shrink. We want them to grow. In order to grow our hearts, let's choose wisely. Choose wisely. In the book that Matt Rawl wrote, The Heart That Grew Three Sizes, that, that we're studying, he talks about a movie that I absolutely like. I... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Anybody else Indiana Jones fans out there? Some of you are nodding out there. Yeah, give me a thumbs up if you're online and you like Indiana Jones. And this one, The Last Crusade has Sean Connery in it. How can you not like a movie with Sean Connery in it? So, uh, toward the end of the movie, Sean Connery plays Indiana Jones' dad, Harrison Ford's dad, and toward the end of the movie, they're in a cave uh, where they've been seeking the Holy Grail, right? They're in this cave. And, and it's, the room is being guarded by a Templar knight. And in, there are hundreds and hundreds of different chalices. Some of them are golden and, and jewel-encrusted and fancier, and, and some of them are simple. But there are hundreds of choices. And the Templar knight tells Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, uh, choose wisely... Because the legend has it that if you, if you take the, the Holy Grail, the, the cup that Jesus used during the Last Supper, if you take that and you drink from it, it has healing powers. And also that in, any army that has that is, uh, cannot be defeated and everything like that. Um, Indiana Jones' dad has been mortally wounded. He's dying. And Indiana wants to choose wisely so that he can not let his dad die. And he looks at all of those cups, each more spectacular than the next, and he chooses a simple wooden cup because he said, this is the cup of a carpenter. And the Templar knight says, you have chosen wisely. Here's something that is in the, the book, How to, uh, How to Grow Your Heart Three Sizes. I never really thought about this before, but I agree with Matt Rawl writes, he said choosing the right cup was not even the point. He thinks, and I agree, that any cup that Indiana Jones had chosen would have been successful because Indiana didn't want the cup for himself. He wanted it to save his father's life. The other characters in the story, by the way, it has Nazis and all of these other bad guys and stuff in there. And when they choose the wrong cup, they all melt and everything. So now you're going to want to watch that movie this afternoon. They chose unwisely. But they chose it for world domination and power. So back to the story from Matthew chapter 2. The Magi were seeking Jesus. Herod was seeking Jesus but for different reasons. The Magi were seeking Jesus because they wanted to worship him and pay homage to him. Herod was seeking Jesus, the Christ, so that he could eliminate him and maintain his power and world dominance. The Magi chose wisely. Herod chose unwisely. So however we end up celebrating Christmas this year, I don't know if you'll get to celebrate with those that you love, with family, uh, both the family you're related to and family that you've kind of adopted. Um, I don't know if you're gonna put up a giant Christmas tree or not. I don't know if you're gonna have chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I don't know if you're gonna get to do any of that. Turkey and dressing. Pastor Andy doesn't like turkey and dressing. So I don't. know I don't, whatever your Christmas traditions are, I don't know if you're going to get to do all of that stuff, but whatever it looks like, choose to honor Christ. Choose to pay homage to him on Christmas because it's all about his birth after all. And how we do that might change from year to year. It always changes from year to year because our kids grow up and, okay, hold on. We get older, don't we? It changes from year to year. But today we have the candles of hope and peace that we have lit. Next week we will light the pink candle of joy as we have our Christmas cantata. So I think we're stepping in the right direction to grow our hearts this Advent. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we have three prayers today We pray that we will not mistake the trappings of Christmas for the real thing. And we pray that we will not let hate, regardless of what any others do, we will not let hate and fear shrink our hearts and poison our lives. And we pray finally, Lord, that we may choose wisely this year to seek you, not out of any other reason except for love and a desire to worship you, so that our hearts can grow and so that they might be filled with the hope and peace of this season in jesus name we pray amen one of my favorite advent hymns is number 211 o come o come emmanuel i want to ask you to stand and sing this song it has a little bit of a of a mournful longing feel to it but I think it's beautiful and I I think the words and the music are beautiful will you stand as we sing 211 Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.